0: Today on Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, In the Backseat.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. My name's Owen, and with me always is Alex. And with another week comes another song. This week we are talking about In the Backseat. you excited for this, Alex?
0: I am. You know... One of my favorite parts of the episode is playing that guitar intro live in studio at the start of everyone. <laughs> I, I really pride myself in being able to sound the exact same. You might think it's recorded, but no, that's live.
1: No, a true fan would uh, listen to all of them and point out the slight and subtle differences.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, what do we have today, Owen? Uh, where, where are we sitting today?
1: We are in Studio C of CITR, which is the news radio station. Of UBC in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, more than news. the world. I would, we, I, yeah, I guess it is more than news radio. It is, it's just a campus radio station.
0: Although we are not live on the air if you think that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is our, we're in prime time, 2 to 3 a.m. <laughs> Vancouver time. Uh, for all our live listeners, <laughs> And we're not live on the air. But, you know, where else we're sitting is w- what I was getting at metaphorically is we're sitting in the back seat this week uh how how are you sitting
1: in the backseat this
0: week? well the, this the, <laughs> i guess
1: studio c is the back no seat? i mean that
0: this week our song uh, is <laughs> for for what i thought is going to be one of our more serious episodes we're starting off very poorly uh <laughs> yeah i feel this is this episode's going to be much more existential and philosoph- philosophical than usual yeah uh death Owen, what but do you I mean, have to say about death? I
1: don't know. I think everyone approaches some topics differently. And especially me, when it's a topic that kind of makes me uncomfortable, I do think I take it more with a sense of humor. But, I mean, uh, obviously, we're not going to be disrespectful to anyone, hopefully, this episode. So, we're yeah. going to take it more seriously than that.
0: But, yeah. Uh, we really we planned it on a way to, to ease into it. Because it's a big topic. Like, what is there to say about death? Uh, it's a lot heavier than last week when we had, what was it? Uh, I'm sleeping in a submarine. And to ease into a song about death, before Basic Facts, before any of it, we're going to talk about, generally, songs about death. You know, and why do people write songs about death? It's, uh, you know, it's the one thing we all have in common and the one thing none of us know. It's a way to rationalize it. And so, to start us off, Owen and I each created, without telling each other, a list of top five songs about death. A tribute list to Jack Black in High Fidelity, who makes the same list.
1: See, I remember. I've, I've seen High Fidelity. I can't remember what his list is,
0: though. Um, He says Leader of the Pack yeah. by, I don't know who it's by, and a song that's on my list. So I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. And uh, one of them says, You can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stone. They're like, oh, no, automatically disqualified for being in the Big Chill. I imagine there was a time and place when the Big Chill was not cool to like, but I like the Big Chill.
1: I don't know. It's just got such a. I think it's one of the. Fa- it's a famous soundtrack. Yeah. Well, it's got. It's nothing th- but dis- bops. Disqualified for being infamous.
0: For yeah, famous. I suppose. All right. Too mainstream. Uh, so we each imposed a lot of dumb rules and restrictions, but without rules and restrictions that are just meaningless. What is this podcast? You know. <laughs> what What? Uh. What do you have restrictions on your zone? What are yours?
1: Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I try. I mean, we'll see as we go. Like, you can list yours right now, but...
0: Okay, well, I said, one, no songs about murder. So, whether it's, like, f- uh, first person, like, Hey Joe, or, like, any of her, Jimi Hendrix or Nick Cave or any of those, no, uh, Jenny Was a Friend of Mine or The Killers, or no, like, third, or, like, narrated ones, like, uh, Bob Dylan's Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts. I said, one per artist. I said, no other Arcade Fire songs, so nothing off of Reflector. And lastly... No songs about suicide. All my death songs, like in the backseat this week, are very much death. How do we look at it? And what do we think about it? And why do we write songs about death?
1: Yeah, see, so my songs, like, I'd say, yeah, I meet most of those criteria. But just be, I wouldn't say each of the songs doesn't delve into dealing with death as well as in the backseat does. And maybe it takes more of a backseat. And Death takes a... Oh, I can't even yeah. use that like no No, or... it's,
0: it's... We've said Arcade Fire is being reflective on Reflector okay, so many so, times uh,
1: that Yeah, Death may take a backseat in some of these songs.
0: Yeah. I yeah I think I phrased mine wrong. That's kind of... I don't... It's not exactly like this. But what I mean is that it's Death as death and not a suicide or murder.
1: Okay. Number five. Yeah. Do I have uh, Day I Died National.
0: Oh. Uh, that's... Mm, nah, that wouldn't... I forgot about that, but no, it wouldn't be on my... Sorry, you can. I, I cut you off. Go ahead.
1: Um, I don't know what else. My, I, I didn't put any notes for ever. I, I, I have more notes for the ones up top. S-T-Y. But it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know, I really enjoyed it as a song. It's a song about death. And it just kind of snuck in there. It was one of those things that's like, I made my list, and like throughout the day, I was like, I think of something else. I'm like, oh, I'm going to add that one to the list. So it started higher up, and now it just kind of got knocked down and it just hanging on at the edge there.
0: Yeah, I know. I love that song, the like... Years for years and the even the girlfriend's call from cleveland like it's such yeah. yeah it's great on the day i die yeah on the day i, die. I hmm. No, it i love this song one of my favorite songs of last year but i wouldn't it's, yeah i have an honorable mention quickly to uh double of neil young's hey hey my my fade to black and my my hey hey, hey fade to blue and joni mitchell's the circle game Uh, I feel like I couldn't make a list about death without this because Neil Young coined the phrase that it's better to burn out than fade away, which was quoted by Kurt Cobain, which is, I think, one of the biggest, like, musical deaths, although that is a suicide. Um, And that's what's in the song about, you know, it's better to burn out than fade to rust. And then Joni Mitchell wrote a response to that song about the carousel of time that we can't return and only look back. And it's, you know, much it's at peace. Um, Yeah. Uh I'm going to get it out of the way right now. I don't have any Black Star or Leonard Cohen. Yeah, see, so. So yeah,
1: that was a I didn't put any of that online, but I I was thinking about that. Yeah,
0: in a top 10 maybe, but it wasn't. For me, number 5. People may be thinking, "Dang, Alex, that's a pretty cool guy. He's into all these bands like uh, you know, Joni Mitchell and Gang of Youth and Nick Cave. He's a he's a cool guy with some cool tastes." But that's where you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and this podcast, at this podcast, we are not cool. Coming in at number five, Coldplay's Death and All of His Friends.
1: It's not on the same album as it's Viva the last, La Vida? It's the last song, yeah. It's Viva, like, the album's called Viva La
0: Vida. Yeah, the Viva, yeah, I think and the long version is Viva La Vida and Death and All of His Friends.
1: Yeah, see, that's why I thought it was in the title of the album, too. Yeah. I, and c- I couldn't tell you if I've listened to that song. I,
0: Maybe I have. it's defiant of I don't want to follow death and all of his friends it's like it's not sad it's like a, like I think that one is very much like this song and like the desperation uh, I mean not like this song but it's desperate but like I said <laughs> we're not cool we're not the kind of people that are saying Rococo we have no idea what Rococo means No. we're I'm saying yellow although okay I don't actually listen to Coldplay that much but I find that I go back to this song more than I go back to their entire discography as a whole Uh, like dead
1: leaves not yellow yellow is just no 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 yeah it was
0: just a no this death (laughs) death and (laughs) all of his friends uh we we can go we can we can snake order so i'll go again fourth place let there be rock by the drive-by truckers uh so i don't don't say that's obscure band but it's not not as big as coldplay uh it's about the lead singer talking about when he was young, how I, much he...
1: I, I haven't heard of them, so. Oh, it's... That, that's, that's my... That's a line. The obscurity line <laughs> is, if I've heard of them, not obscure. If I haven't heard of them, obscure. Well,
0: fair enough. On this podcast, it's like, do we both know it? Not obscure. Does only one of us know it? Obscure. <laughs> yeah. Neither of us know it. Who's going to mention it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he talks about how much, when he was younger, he wanted to see Leonard Skinnerd, And then he had a ticket. The show got canceled. And then later on in the year... Ronnie Van Zant died, the lead singer of Leonard Skinner died in the plane crash. And it really kind of like made him think about think about death. And he talks about how he saw ACDC with Bon Scott before he died. Uh, and in a very similar I I've this is I have one more kind of double after that. Um this isn't on my list, but very similarly, the song Richard Ramirez Died of Natural Causes by Sun Kill Moon is another song about someone taking stock of their life after somebody dies, but in a very different way, rather than someone you admire or or someone you love, he reads in the paper that Richard Ramirez, the, the mass murderer, had died. And that really, like, it's one of those everyone remembers where they were when they caught him. And now it's like, whoa, that was so long ago, and it's such an unexpected way of you taking stock in your life. Like, I'm sure when there was a huge mass murderer when we were younger in bc named robert picton like do you remember when they caught him Owen, when he was on trial
1: no i was pretty young
0: oh i so was i but i was i mean i'm a year older than owen but um i remember that and i can see myself when he passes like
1: like when do you think it would happen like probably 2004 elementary
0: school yeah something like that owen and i are both in university i am 22 and owen is 20 turning 21 in two months uh yeah what's your number four owen
1: uh, my number four is Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground Oh, by Jack White.
0: Oh, we and just saw this song.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we saw him perform it live. And, like, this one is, again, it's, like, I don't know if it, like, it's really, it's about death, but it's about feeling like life is dead without you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so I'm kind of obscuring the list here of, like, what the rules are. But it's all, like, it is, like, he describes life as really dull and tinny and metallic and just dead. But then, uh, if he couldn't be with her, and like it's something like every breath in her lungs—I can't remember the specific line—but it's every breath in her lungs is like kind of like a heartbeat to hi- him, like is gives him life. So like that, there, uh, I, I, I count it as still a song about death with "dead" in the title. So,
0: yeah, it's uh, again, like you know, why do why are we using death as a metaphor? Like mm-hmm. "Crown of Love," it was the the grave of our old love. Like it's that I don't know. It's very we don't know. We use it as a metaphor because we don't know what it's like. We just know it's done. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
1: Okay, next I have is carrying Is Creepy" by the Shins.
0: That's obscure. I don't know that one.
1: Well, it's um, it's on Garden State soundtrack. Ah, now well, do you? Have you seen Garden that. State?
0: Yeah, a couple. I probably like three times, but not for years. See,
1: that's the thing. I haven't seen it forever, but it is. About, there's a funeral in it, right? Yeah. And like, it is. It's about him going home. The whole movie Right. About, it's about yeah. him going home. And like, it is the about. So that's kind of like why I chose it because it kind of deals with like the whole character in the movie is dealing with death and like right. This is that's how "New Slang" the other like big one of mm-hmm. the other big Shin songs like got really big on the soundtrack. I think this one featured as well, but like that mm-hmm. one was bigger. But um, yeah, it's like, I like it kind of refers to death as well within the song, and it's. Again, it's dealing with death through music.
0: Yeah, which is which is one of the like at funerals you we, we, we play music. Yeah, Oh, uh, it's it. Yeah, uh, my third is "Lay Me Low" by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, where he talks about what will happen when he dies, and there was a lot of emotion and energy, and it's not kind of defiant. It's uh, like the last verse of this song. He's talking about like like his mother and his brother and the world and like the police chief, and it uh. Yeah, it's very like very yeah, energetic. It's it's a different perspective than all my other ones about death. It's very like like so definitive this is going to happen and, and just statements about what are gonna happen. And I could have included a lot of a lot of his other songs, uh including if I was gonna I was thinking about Into My Arms, which is yeah. you've seen about time, right Owen? Yeah. It's at the funeral scene. It's yeah. not a song necessarily about death, but it's uh I don't know, I, I love Nick and the Bad Seeds. It I, was
1: uh at the wedding I went to most recently—it was the bride and groom's first s- dance together. Oh, I like Into that. Into my arms. Yeah, it's. Oh Lord.
0: I saw him two years ago. I performed on stage with him too. He pulled me up, and I sang one of the songs to them. Nice. Yeah. It uh, <laughs> you know, things I do. All right. Uh, my second place, I, you know, dumb restrictions and breaking other unwritten restrictions. Two songs very similar. Canadian songs about nautical disasters.
1: Sorry, are these both your one? And this is both second place. I don't know if that's – this is just cheating <laughs> at this point.
0: Gordon Lightfoot's Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald uh. and The Tragically Hips' Nautical Disaster. That's why I lump – both Canadian bands, both about the same thing, um, especially since the late Gord Downey of The Tragically Hip said uh, he would introduce the song live as a Gordon Lightfoot song and uh, he said, every great Canadian band needs a song about a nautical disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, when Will, Sarah, We're Regine, waiting. Tim, Jeremy, Richard, get on it. Uh, yeah, so Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, Gordon Lightfoot said he read about it happening. There was on November 10th of 19... Oh, I, didn't, I wrote the date, but not the year. 1974, I want to say. A bulk carrier called the SS Edmund Fitzgerald sank on Lake Superior. 29 people died. No bodies recovered, and the song is just kind of about uh, nature and the cyclical, like kind of how we're humbled by nature. You know, no one really saw this coming, and it's very matter of fact. And it's not sad or scary or or angry. It's just it just kind of is, which is sorry, sorry. death.
1: Winning the game, you can't just write a song about a boat wreck. It Has to be this one <laughs> specifically.
0: Oh, it has to be a boat wreck. Same with well, my, this, this one though. <laughs> Well, Nautical Disaster isn't about that. Nautical Disaster is about... Uh, well, they say it's about the sinking of the Bismarck. People also interpreted that might be about Dieppe, which was the... For those of you who don't know, it's the before D-Day. Uh, the Canadians did a kind of similar attack as a test to see what D-Day would be like. And they all died. And uh, yeah, it's th- this one, it, it's terrifying. It's a first person... The lead singer has a dream about about being in the wreck and the dying and it's 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 terrifying but it's also so this is my favorite tragically hip song. I don't know if there's a lot of crossover between arcade fire fans and tragically hip fans. Yeah,
1: there definitely is. Yeah. I'm 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 staking my money on Canadians in general who, who like arcade fire. Like no I'm not saying everyone like there's a, the Venn diagram of the two I'm like the middle part is decently
0: big. Of Canadians. Of Canadians specifically.
1: I, that's 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 the, that's the key.
0: I looked up Arcade Fire, Tragically Hip, and the only thing I could find was there was an article about Canadian bands struggling to make it in the States. Although Arcade Fire was listed as an exception, mm-hmm. but the Tragically Hip are huge, like huge in Canada. Springste is Canada Springsteen, but not big in the States. Anyway, Owen, what's your uh, number two?
1: So you're not doing? I guess you're not. I did three and oh, two back to back. Okay. No, right, number two, runner up here. St. James Infirmary Blues. Oh, this was
0: almost on mine. Which version, though? So the
1: thing is, I I, I didn't choose a version because okay. I don't like the pick. And you had two songs, so I guess I could count
0: three. Yeah, oh, no, like, the by, Lo- by all means. The
1: Louis Armstrong version, the Cab Calloway version, which is really famous for the 1931. It was in the cartoon. And that's where Jack and Meg said that they got the inspiration for their cover on The White Stripes. So I guess I kind of broke the one rule, about not no none of the same artists. Uh, yeah, oh, feel, yeah, it's fine. But I feel because there's the other versions, it's okay. So, yeah, this one is St. James Infirmary Blues is about uh, a hospital um, during, like, a plague time. And, I, again, like, there's obviously more specifics that I'm not covering. but and, um, and it's all about death and about being in the hospital. And this one, like, really stuck with me, too, because I saw a play and i think like grade 11 or grade 10 i think grade 11 i saw a play down in it's called the oregon shakespeare festival in national mm. oregon but it wasn't a shakespeare play it was uh one in which they took the song as the inspiration and they made a play around it and it was pretty cool and it's all about death and it was I a mean, camera what it was called uh,
0: but st james memory
1: no it wasn't called that it was called something like uh I asked them. It was, like, pretty short. It was two words, maybe. Or oh, it was The Unfortunates or something. Yeah, something like The Unfortunates, mm. which is kind of like Lazy Ain't Too does It does The Intouchables, too. That's ah, it. But The Unfortunates is the name of the play. That's
0: I Yeah, that almost made right Even, like, you were saying, like, even – I didn't even think about Pink Floyd's The Great Gig in the Sky. That might have been my list, but I only thought of it now. Yeah. Oh, and what's your uh,
1: – My number one. Here we go. This is going to – See, Alex beforehand, he's like, oh, I wonder if we're going to have any crossovers. I'm like, I don't think we're going to have any crossovers. And th- we kind of, the only way we did it is this, my number one go-to, top, uh, my top five songs about death, number one is 50 Mission Cap. Ah. So, uh, you know, another tragically have song, my number one. And for me, the reason I like it so much is it's such an unemotional look at death. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those things, it's like the, the narrator kind of removes, removes himself from it, right? Cause like, the whole point of the song is Gord Downey found a hockey card with a bunch of stats on the back, and he turned it into a song. And it's about, like, how a famous hockey player scored a lot of goals, won a Stanley Cup, ends up dying in, I think it was a plane crash in, like, northern Ontario, like, real out in the woods. And, um, and then the thing is, like, the song is about his death and about his life. And kind of accepting that, but it's just taken in such a like a such a far perspective that's very unemotional and I like I like a song about death that is unemotional
0: yeah well that that's like what record em Fitzgerald is like, you yeah, know, yeah where it's it's narrating a story and taking it as it is, yeah, which is I mean so far we've had that version of death. we've had defiance. we've had death as a metaphor and breakups. we've had. Statements of what's gonna ha- like Saint James Infirmary is a lot like the Nick Cave song. I mean, like in that sort of statements of what's gonna happen when I die, and I suppose there I die is kind of like that too. Uh, yeah, I uh, my uh,
1: number one. My number you. one
0: da, 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 da. is Wreck on the Highway by Bruce Springsteen. Ha. This is <laughs> the last song on his album The River, which he wrote when he was in his uh mid30s, he, he said it's his first song about adult life. and so it kind of it, it's a narration. it's the last song on the river and it's about this guy who's driving home one night and it's raining and he's driving on an empty highway and then he sees this wreck beside the highway. and he gets out and you know he goes over and there's a guy who crashed and he's kind of bleeding on the ground. and so he stands and waits with him until the ambulance comes. And then he thinks about the idea of um, uh, him having maybe a girlfriend or like a young wife, and the state trooper knocking and saying, "You know, your your husband died in a wreck on the highway." And then at the very last verse, which just closes the album so well, on par with like the end of the suburbs when they say the the I'd only wasted again in closing everything that he said in that album. He says, now sometimes, you know, he goes home and he goes to bed beside his his wife. And he says, it says, I lay there thinking about the wreck on the highway. And it isn't like in the backseat in the terms of contemplating about death. This is much more about like a reflector kind of thinking about death, where people aren't dying around you for the first time you are thinking about yourself dying, which is... Unlike most of, the, I think none of the other ones are like that. None of them deal with thinking about when you're going to die. Yeah. Except maybe Day I Die. Yeah. Uh, I had a very profound experience with this. So I saw Springsteen twice on his 2016 tour. So if, if you saw Springsteen on that 2016 tour, or if you're a big Springsteen, big, big Springsteen fan, uh, Rob Carmack, J.B. Clark, hosts of our inspiration podcast, Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. Don't don't bother writing it. This is to other listeners. <laughs> uh I saw him twice in 2016 in Oakland and Seattle. Uh, in Oakland, I flew there with my then-girlfriend, and but I drove to Seattle on my own. And driving back, it was classic, you know, Pacific Northwest rainy. Uh, Seattle is, what, like three hours from Vancouver? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, just distance like, for our you have non- the, You have the border, wait. Yeah, yeah, you get through the border, and then it's not that far at all. Uh, it was rainy, but, which I love. I mean, I love living in the Pacific Northwest. I'm about halfway, and all of a sudden, the empty highway, there's traffic. And I'm wondering why. And I see around a bend about... I saw this thing kind of move in the distance way up in me. And then I noticed around 15 cars in front of me, someone skidded into the ditch. And a few cars pulled over to help them. And then in the distance, I saw sirens coming towards. Uh, I, I Have you seen a car crash before, Owen?
1: I've seen the quick aftermath, but I've never seen the actual car crash.
0: Yeah, I I mean, neither neither had I and other than this. And... Uh, This was, you know, right after seeing him on the tour play this song and talk about, uh, he introduced or closed with it saying, like, uh, for the first time in your life, thinking about having a finite amount of time. Uh, And, yeah, I saw someone coming out of the passenger side, but I saw still a bunch of people around the driver's side, so it didn't seem like they'd gotten out yet. Um, I didn't see the aftermath because traffic eventually was flowing, but it was a really profound experience of seeing that, or hearing that, than seeing this. But, to be honest, I mean, do you think about death a lot,
1: Owen? Not really.
0: Yeah, me, me neither. I mean, I, was, I wasn't i was even 20 at the time, uh, and the feeling didn't last that long. And, you know, I don't really think about dying a lot. People have died a lot around me, uh, especially recently. Even since the last time you've talked about funeral, uh, or about death, uh, which maybe a couple of weeks ago, in the last week and a half, uh, a really good friend of mine lost their great uncle. I lost a great aunt or, and a very close friend of ours, uh, their cousin passed from an aneurysm and he was 29. But, you know, I don't really think about it a lot myself, which we'll get to the, in the backseat themes, but I think that's the difference between say reflector and this wreck on the highway. And this is that this is death around you. But not death for you. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I completely agree. I mean, as we get into it, we'll talk about it more.
0: But yeah, um, yeah.
1: Okay. Do you want me to go into the basic facts then?
0: Yeah, because as much as this affects or doesn't affect us, these deaths of you know who, all these musicians that have died for us, or these songs, you know who this really affected? Regine. <laughs> On this song, okay. <laughs> uh, before before the basic facts, I have the liner notes in front of me. If, if you hear me opening that up there, <laughs> the last song in the uh, the the first line of the liner notes in the description says members fled from Texas and Ontario at young ages and joined with the local youth, making their home in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. There's a lot of other stuff. Then the last sentence is, when family members kept dying, they realized that they should call the record funeral noting the irony of their first full length recording bearing a name with such closure
1: i've definitely heard that before i've read it like it's,
0: they don't really have I, things like that in their other album notes no
1: well the, like the, the band is definitely not one to talk about the process yeah it's very sparse it makes our hard, makes our job a little bit harder mm-hmm.
0: well i mean that's why we're doing this it'd be like Even, like, the one thing, when did that put your money on me episode, but that's, he doesn't talk, he only talks about uh, music. He doesn't talk about lyrics, which makes this so much fun. It'd be boring if we knew what the songs were about. That's true. We'd just be rehashing what's already out Mm -hmm. there. Reading Um, things aloud.
1: This way, we get to come up with our own stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, getting to basic facts,
0: though. Yeah, time to shut up and play the hits. Yeah,
1: basically, we're uh, 25 minutes in, and we haven't even started talking about the song, really. Um, Basic facts. This is the, in the backseat is the 10th and final track of Funeral. It is also the longest on the album at 6 minutes and 21 seconds. It was released along with the rest of the album on September 14th, 2004. It has been played live exactly 100 times. Wow. What a perfect round number. I hope they never play it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'll, oh, I'll get to that later. I was, I was kidding. Um, <laughs> So uh, most recently was at the Greek theater in Berkeley. I like how the autocorrect on that made the, the great theater in <laughs> Berkeley. I mean,
0: <laughs> I've never been, but I imagine it's pretty great.
1: Yeah. Um, in Berkeley, because the thing is they also played the Greek theater in LA too, which is like the different theaters. Oh, I, so it's, uh, Oh,
0: I mean, yeah, there's, I don't get into the Greek. The yeah. That's I thought LA. that was, yeah, that's I thought a, that's a reference. I got to Berkeley. That. That's not, the <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah, I don't know, but, um, yeah, sorry. I mean, getting sidetracked there. Uh, this so episode. that's and that's uh, that's when they played funeral all the way through, twice in Berkeley, once in LA, but more recent one was in Berkeley.
0: Wait, those weren't all the same place. I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just oh yeah. I'm pro- probably I thought just thought the Greek Theater. I thought they were all in the same. Yeah, no. They. You're right. I mean, basic facts. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> moving on. <laughs>
1: okay. So with 4.5 million streams on Spotify, it is the lowest stream song on the album. So wow. moving from basic facts to other th- opinions here. Uh, I think that's due to the length and the tempo. It's, like, not conducive to streaming. People like streaming. They like to put songs in playlists. They don't like to listen to albums fully. Since it's at the back of the album, if they start the album, they don't get there. That's what I'm about to say, yeah. So it's, like, I'm not saying... I, I don't think this is the least popular song on the album. I think just it's not conducive to playlists and streaming, so...
0: hmm I think when people are listening to... Like, I think that... Just a wild assumption. This is more liked then I, Unsan Unane yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, Neighborhood Number 4 but those are at the front of the album yeah and while and then the other back of the album though is Rebellion Haiti and Wake Up which are you know great songs the worst song <laughs> uh, big song like the those are I mean uh, Wake Up's uh, probably the most played I, 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 mean, I imagine it's in top three for uh, sure. and yeah anyway you got any more basic facts
1: no you can run us into the first verse
0: Oh, I, I've got a lot to say oh, before that. Okay. Um, this song, in summary, is it you know it's Regine, and this is everything she's running from, or at least I I think that this is everything she's running from on Neon Bible. You know the sprawl she's scared they'll never get away from, and and you know what she wants you to grab your mother's car for them to drive away, and uh, the 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 feeling that. You know, the suburbs and the life of of our parents institutionalize something that results in this, the awful feeling. And uh, the whole album's about, you know, being terrified about growing up and being defining and, you know, realizing that I guess we'll just have to adjust. But all of the songs, except for Haiti, which is, you know, in the theme, but not this exactly, are wind vocals. But this is Regine's song. And Regine says, in this one song, I think the equivalent of every other song. Like, in much less words, she says as much as Wynn does on every other song in this one song. What what do you think about that?
1: I 100% agree. I think it's one of the best written songs on the album, Mm -hmm. for sure.
0: I don't know if it's always like that on every album. Like, say on Everything Now, I don't think Regine... Says as much. On Electric... Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. But on this one, it's kind of like in the interviews, Wynn always talks more, uh, or generally it, uh, she says in so many less words, not, not that that's good or bad, but this song is just so tight and cohesive. Uh, and it closes the album, you know, forget about the loss of youth and realizing things about the words and, you know, the names of their babies. This is literal death. Her mom died and the emotion that comes from this. Now, can you imagine if the album didn't close with this? The tone of the album that just ended with the BOOM! Boom, at the end of Rebellion. Or, no, that's the end, the power out's the and it's done after that. And then didn't go into the, the you know, slow of this. It What a difference it would be. Or feasible, like, not uh, uh, feasibly, uh, you could see kind of an album without any of the slow songs. How aggressive it was just like Tunnels, Leica, Power Out, Crown of Love, Wake Up, Rebellion. You know, a tight, short six track about angst rebellion and more punk influenced um and i would i think it could have been called something like rebellion instead of instead of in the backseat and uh you know but it isn't the album is balanced almost by all those songs on one side of the scale and this one on the other you know what do you think
1: i agree i think the placement of the song is really important No, nowhere else this could be nowhere else in the album what what makes like I think what makes this song even stronger is having Haiti before it, like not directly before, it, but in general, before it on the album, because Haiti describes how much her family means to her, how much where she comes from means to her, mm. and all these other things. So that's, once you get to this song, you already kind of have this understanding of what she cares about. And then therefore, when she talks about like the death of her family, that's much more powerful because you have the background to it,
0: yeah. that makes a lot. Of, I, I didn't think about that. almost like, uh if we had the suburbs without the context of funeral.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh Yeah. You got anything else to say before we get into the lyrics?
1: No, you can go ahead.
0: All right. I like the piece in the back seat. I don't have to drive. I don't have to speak. I can watch the countryside, and I can fall asleep. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so... This one, I'm thinking, like, it's very introspective. It's a very, exactly. Kinda, it's an introvert. It's all the repetitive use of I at the start of every line. It's kind of like – it's all thoughts. You can just – I can, like, you almost see these thoughts going through someone's head. And, uh, like, and like you were saying before, I haven't written down here before we even talked. And it was, don't – um. it's, like, you don't have to speak. Regine is, like – she's much more, like, shy when it comes to interviewing. And, like, what she manages to say a lot and just, like, how she – Uses the words that limited words that she has. I feel like she'd be a good tweeter, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: and be also because one thing we get here is like her emotion, yeah. That she says so much just from her emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's like almost like she's talking to herself only. It's kind of awkward and, and not, not rambly, but it's not like it is very personal. And uh, uh I just a little like just to, to paint a picture of where I think it's coming from. So I remember when my grandfather died, my cousins and family and I were there in Budapest. I'm half Hungarian and he was alive and we were upstairs and then we were called down because he had died. And I can see that being a similar situation as if like Regine is telling the, like her family or whoever, or perhaps just her sister that this has happened. And we'll get to what happened in a second or a eulogy like But kind of opening up, I could see this being like she's talking to the crowd, but she's kind of looking in the distance. She's not making eye contact with the crowd. And, you know, classic cars, the Arcade Fire from them liking cars, cars and telephones, all the way to leaving your car in the middle of the road. Their whole discography is car imagery. And, yeah, um, another thing, like she gets so into this live and one thing I wanted to talk about, you know, we were just talking about the other day the revisionist history episode about Elvis. Yeah. And about how he always couldn't get through the, the, are you lonesome tonight? Because it, it, the difference between, Jack White was saying the difference between like writing as a character or writing as yourself. Yeah. And Regine gets so into this live, more than, more than like, not that she doesn't get into other songs live, but it seems like she gets into this one more than others. And because this one very much comes from her specific voice. We don't really get names of of other people like we do in this song. And uh, the kind of the way that, you know, when Wynn says now the semi-perfect son sounds more like that's his voice. That's very much him and not the character of the person narrating the suburbs. Yeah. A difference between Regine speaking versus the female character speaking. Uh, Like, well, yeah, that's, that's like when I heard the revisionist history episode, this is what I was thinking about.
1: Yeah. See, that's, I mean, I wrote very similar thing in my notes. I was talking about how difficult it must be to go over this song every time you perform and to go to that place where you have to deal with the family member's death. And, but like, she obviously does it, which is very
0: impressive. Yeah, and if you want to go listen to a good podcast instead of this,
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you want if you want to go to a podcast that's very well produced and has a lot of money in it?
0: The revisionist history by Malcolm Gladwell. Listen to the the Elvis episode.
1: The Leonard Cohen episode is really yeah, those good are the as only well. two
0: I've listened to. Yeah,
1: that one. Uh,
0: Talking about masterpiece, well, well yeah. yeah, this isn't revisionist history. Sings that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got anything else to say for this one?
1: Uh, yeah, it's just like in general. Like I think this v- verse in itself is a—it's an ode to introverts. It's an ode to like people who are very comfortable being by themselves and being in within their own thoughts. And like I think there is like there's that kind of ultimate trust in falling asleep when someone else is driving. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of shown here. It's a—you can be comfortable when someone else is in the lead or driving. Basically. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, you're not gonna. You're not gonna be. Uh, Other than on the bus, you're not going to be comfortable falling asleep when some stranger is driving a car beside you. But it's like your parents or your Mm -hmm. family or close friends. I mean, in this one specifically, most likely your family driving. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, Want to take the next one?
1: Yeah. My family's tree – sorry, my family trees, losing all its leaves, crashing towards the driver's seat – The lightning bolt made enough heat to melt the street beneath your feet. That one has a lot of the rhymes there. This whole song really is very like
0: traditional rhyming. Yeah. What do you think?
1: So this one I have written down is um, like this this is Funeral. This is the album that was, as you said, it was named because of all the family circumstances that each of the members had been going through. And this one is just I like. I mean, what was it? I, I, I? I'm I'm gonna mess this up, so I kind of feel bad. But Win and Will lost their grandfather.
0: Grand- yeah, the my my buddy grandfather. My buddy father, grandfather, yeah. and then Alvino. Richard
1: Reed Perry lost his great aunt. Or, I feel like I feel it was like he, he lost one. And then Regine also lost her mother. Her mother. Yeah. So, like that. That's um here when it's uh i I really like this metaphor of a family a family tree losing its leaves it's like that that is very it's a visual thing it's very sad and kind of like it adds depth to like the feeling
0: yeah and if you think about like they've always had that angst like the name arcade fire is about when when said something like there was an article about an arcade burning down and like you know it's all the kids inside just having the time of their lives and then you know dying uh versus this one is funeral and it's such a different shift from that like angsty and like youth dying metaphor to literal dying and that's you know the two themes of the album there's such a big shift with this from the loss of youth to the loss of loved ones and and life uh yeah the family it's such a it's a very straightforward simile but then uh the crashing toward the driver's seat. We have that kind of she's sitting in the back seat where she's safe and comfortable and able to fall asleep. But then you know like wham. The something happens which sends her flying into that front seat like someone slammed on the brakes, they hit something and you know you lurch forward. And uh you know, you, you kind of imagine at this point she's already a bit grown, like as the gaslight anthem say the in the back seat we just try to find some room for our knees and you know uh a feeling Owen here at a humble 67 <laughs> <laughs> knows even w- very well now and that for people who aren't in uh north america that's at least <laughs> two meters
1: <laughs> it's about two meters and like two centimeters yeah there
0: you go uh you know you're getting older and you're growing and your knees are now pressed against the front seat the way they weren't before and you know you guess you just have to adjust and and sit sideways or face the squeeze you know you're much more suited for the leg space that comes from the front seat and that's that whole backseat metaphor here but yeah, like wham, like I said, the, her family tree's been losing leaves kind of gradually, but this, her mother dying is what kind of causes that realization. Like, uh, she'd been sitting in the backseat and growing, but now it's, she's realizing like, wow, I really have been sitting in the backseat and growing. Uh, it's such a shift from gradually feeling to all of a sudden, this is, this is my life now. What do you think?
1: yeah i agree like that is uh i think uh, you kind of see it more in the next kind of like next verse of course as we kind of keep going is like the story develops as he, she, she kind of learns what her role is going to be and so i uh, like uh, as she has to kind of take more control moving to the front seat but I, my thing too is like when it uh, talks about the lightning bolt melting the street is that with a death comes this kind of loss of that sense of stability of like what's beneath you and it almost like the lightning seems like it's an act of god it seems why did this happen like why did this hit here why like why 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 that's like a lot of questions that you get Mm -hmm. and that's the same thing when like the lightning hits it's like why did it hit here and how did it cause you to like lose all that stability because your family is kind of like the ground that you stand upon and then when it can get shaken up that's what loses the stability
0: yeah definitely i hadn't i hadn't really been able to think about what that lightning bolt meant but that's definitely that makes a lot of sense um yeah alice died in the night i've been learning to drive my whole life i've been learning and uh yeah with the most blunt statement on the album alice died in the night it's matter of fact and this is now when I see like before her giving the eulogy or talking kind of looking out in the distance and thinking to herself or thinking out loud and then kind of like taking a deep breath like and then looking in the eye and saying Alice died in the night uh it's so matter of fact uh then go back to the metaphor though that while sitting in the back seat you know she's seen the adults she's seen everything and her whole life she's been growing but it isn't this this one instance it's uh it's like she's been growing her whole life but this one crash has brought that to a realization that wow i i really have been growing it's not just like like you know we uh, you you suddenly realize what's happened rather than just letting it happen as you're going
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it is kind of like for me it's kind of like it is kind of like your before life was all like a training wheels provided by her parents and like now that she's lost her mom it's like those are taken off and she has to she has to keep learning she has to take the wheel and she has to she has to drive and like for me it's pretty interesting because it's like um well first i want to say like the violins of this section are just like really great mm-hmm. like that's
0: oh phenomenal phenomenal
1: that adds such an emotional depth to the song and um the other thing is like being being i'm, I'm a second child I think the the second SMI. child is the best child to be because it's in the same sense it's the the oldest child they they can take a lot of the responsibility of something that has to happen like right it's like the the whole time is uh you 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 don't have to be the one who drives the car right or not in, in like the metaphorical sense of like um a lot of responsibility given to the older child and you get to kind of like sit in the backseat and sleep but then you know my sister moved away a while ago and sometimes when i go back it's like well now i'm the oldest and i have to like drive the car and it's uh
0: pick you know, up the other I have, to, I have to learn
1: i have to learn to drive and stuff you know?
0: yeah it's yeah learning to drive is that i mean they use it as a metaphor you know in the suburbs and this that it's such a definitive like Everyone I mean you know not everyone, but everyone kind of goes through that at this age, you learn to drive and it's a shift from pre-driving and post driving and the responsibility that comes with that uh, yeah
1: and like and the freedom too that comes yeah, with
0: yeah, that. exactly the responsibility and freedom of adult life. Mm-hmm. You want to take the nice the, the next one
1: yeah it's uh just a, it's a repeat mm-hmm. of the previous line, so it's I like the piece in the back seat. I don't have to drive. I don't have to speak. I can watch the countryside. And then do you want me to just finish it off?
0: Or? Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: And then Alice died in the night. I've been learning to drive my whole life. I've been learning. Ooh. And then Alice can take it from here.
0: Actually. Yeah. And then in the, in the liner notes, uh, it's not most places all, it's kind of that in the, you kind of lose it in the, and the, at the end she says, Oh, Nora. Which is the uh, or oh uh, Nora is her sister, um, and uh, I mean yeah uh, you can take it because that's at the end of that's the end of this but you can take what do you think about this one
1: like just the ooh, Nora the the
0: whole the whole the
1: whole thing it's I think it's interesting now because it's reading like the the verse after you found out her mother died you kind of get a look at it with a different perspective. So before when she's talking about, like, liking being in the back seat and liking not having to speak, you're like, okay, that's nice. She's, like, just an introvert or, like, that's an introverted thing. But now it's just, um, a sense of loss to that, too, because, like, now you – I mean, obviously you can, she can still sit in the backseat every once in a while, but it's, it's more of a permanent role in the front seat. And, like, now that you have learned about the death, when you hit that verse again and it's all the same words, you look at it differently.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that, and then there's, there's, the musical swell of the, the, I can watch the countryside and then the pause like that and then the dun, 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 ah, and then just the wham that like, this isn't lament, lamenting or thoughtful anymore. This is scared and emotional and yelling and anxious and terrified. Um, and beginning of that, I'm running away from this. I'm not going to let this happening to me. Uh, I'm not gonna let this happen to me. And then, you know, we, we fade out again. And then the same thing like that the the Imagine if we ended on the the kind of BAM of rebellion versus the gentle pluck of this. You know, it was such what a different ending of the album that would be. Yeah. And uh Yeah, Oh Nora Nora is her sister, which again that uh I like a eulogy or speaking to someone right after they died uh, like you're kind of, she's holding it together this whole time, and then that oh Nora is just like a, like breaking down, like like j- collapsing into her sister's arms. I imagine like, like talking and giving this this, what she's saying, and then just l- losing it and breaking down and sharing that emotion with her, because yeah. you know that's all these songs are the it's like driving. It's the one thing we all share, and you know you have to deal with it. Yeah, what. You have anything else to say, Owen? No. Uh, I feel like you always give your ratings first. will I'll, I'll oh. open it up for this one. I have five melted streets out of five. The the music, the emotion, just everything. This is my number one regime song. This is probably in my top five songs I want to see live. Just as like as a show closer, just like wow. It musically, emotionally, I. This is it's a five. It wasn't always a five for me. It's something that I really hit me more in like the last couple years. When I first started listening to Funeral, it was more like the one at the end of the album. But then it's like, wow, this is so good. Uh, yeah. What, what about you? Owen? What do you have to say? <laughs>
1: I ha- My metric is lightning bolts, and I have four and a half uh, out of five. I thought <laughs> you'd for sure be a five on so this So close month. to the Hall of Fame. So What's it, what, holding it back? What it's got going for it is it's such a powerful closer for the album. There's so much emotion. like It's so well written. The swells are just on perfect. And uh, when I'm in the right mood, it is just a great song the thing is i can't listen to it whenever like it's not a song mm-hmm. that you can just put on and kind of like i think for it to be an ultimate five it has to be a song that no matter what i can put on and it'll either make me happier or make me more introspective no matter what but this one is like i think i have to be in the right mood for in the backseat and that's 0.5 off that's <laughs> I, I, I'm hinting you might get a Hall of Famer soon <laughs> yeah
0: a, I uh, I, there hasn't been a single one yet since, since that, Afterlife well that knows no, everything now that I've everything given now, you've yeah. given a five and I haven't uh, but yeah it's one of those things if this is the first time you're joining us we're not these aren't objective ratings of the song this is our personal opinion like Owen said that he loves the song but it, it doesn't do it for him as much as others do yeah. because this is yeah these are the songs that's how they make us feel uh now where does this fit on your top five list of death songs
1: oh interesting 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 i never thought about that i think it would knock out karen is creepy down to four so it lands a solid three
0: day i dies off the list
1: yeah fair enough i saw, I, I told you it was always a hanger on it was a
0: uh <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> hangers but on in the dead light of the afterglow yeah. everything's okay fire uh, yeah, number two for me. It would, it, yeah, knock off. Uh, disaster,
1: knock disaster. Right? No,
0: no, no. That's, yeah, knock now. Knock those down. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a long episode, but I still feel like we we didn't do this song justice. Like we should have talked more. Yeah. But uh, like Regine, <laughs> if yeah, if this is concise, then uh,
1: well, if you have any thoughts, um, feel free to email us at arcadefirealpha
0: at gmail dot com. We love everyone who who emails us often or, or talks to us on social media. We love yeah. it, and uh, then
1: um, also we haven't said this in a while. Like, give us a five star rating on iTunes. You know, if, if you like if, it, yeah. If you like if you it, listen to iTunes. You like
0: know? and subscribe, or not like and subscribe. Uh, give us a rating, or or if you would give us a three, if you don't like, it. yeah. <laughs> give us or an honest rating on or iTunes or
1: provide a uh, critical feedback on iTunes to the public, just so everyone knows.
0: Yeah, I think f- we're very thankful. We f- I think we have nothing but fives. Um, at least on Canadian iTunes I've seen on American just online we have one one where somebody said that uh I mean maybe you've seen otherwise but there's one person gave a one who said I haven't listened to it but I listened to the first intro episode halfway and it seems like they're going to bash everything now so if this is what you like but it's like okay well you know if you <laughs> don't listen to it and give us a one fair enough uh
1: yeah we see if you if we get more uh more ratings and the outliers are le- have less effect.
0: Yeah. Maybe we can get sponsored by <laughs> Blue Apron or, or whatever the other... <laughs> Fiji Water. Fiji or, Water. That, uh, what's the food delivery or one? Or Audible or... Aud- <laughs> Squarespace. Squarespace <laughs> or...
1: Yeah.
0: Today's episode of ArcadeFire.com yeah. Guys, is brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> if
1: you rate us more, then we get to add pauses in the, so you don't have to listen to us as much. You get to listen yeah, to some nice
0: ads. <laughs> anyway, yeah. on that exact note... Next week on the podcast, we have infinite content. Uh, I'm not making the joke anymore. I'm not making a joke about us having, yeah, the song infinite content and infinite underscore content.
1: We should should make that podcast so it's an infinite loop. So if you play it over and over, there's no break. So it's like we start off the podcast. Cut this out of the episode so that people. (laughs) Start of that podcast, we will have instead of like this week on Arcade Fire, we'll have. Uh, week on arcade fire and then we'll end the, the, end it with this and then it'll just be an infinite loop That's uh, so. uh, well arcade fire if you're looking for producers for your next album great ideas up here
0: James Murphy us yeah. uh okay. yeah thanks everyone we well, thanks for sticking with us through the whole thing and we'll uh we'll see you next week bye